Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. I wear several hats. Yes, I'm a psychologist. Yes, I work with kids and their families. But when I am at home, I am a regular human being. And as a single mother by choice with a toddler, I definitely have my hands full at the house. I'm not in professional mode most of the time. Every now and then I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely learned that in graduate school. (laughs) But When I am at the house and juggling all of these things, stress is inevitable. And when I have these conversations with you guys on the podcast, when I am specifically talking with my fellow single parents, I am coming to you as a pair. Uh, I am in the trenches with you. And I'm less focused on the professional piece. I am more so focused on just relating to the struggles that you have because I have them as well. Um, Being a single parent, whether by choice or by circumstance, is inevitably going to be stressful because you are the primary person that your child relies on. And when I think about it, it makes me think about the concept of mental load. So um, this is where women, especially in um, two-parent households or two-adult households, tend to carry the load of taking care of the chores and all of the things that need to be done. And so if I think about my mental load, it's a lot. And I was thinking about it before I hit record. And I realized that that in and of itself is stressful. I am regularly thinking about all of the things that I have to do for work, uh, all of the things that I need to do to upkeep and maintain my home all of the things that my kid needs now and will need in the future. And carrying that mental load can be stressful in and of itself. What helps me is making notes, using my calendar, using reminders, because like I share with my team at work, if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. One way to reduce your mental load carrying all of these things in your head is to write them down somewhere. As human beings, we are only capable of holding on to so much information at one point in time, and you don't want to forget things. And so writing things down definitely helps. Um, The reason why my work team knows this is because I also... Um, delegate. So I give some of that mental load to members of my team so that they can help me with remembering things. For instance, uh, my manager, she oversees our schedule 
And so she has my child's daycare schedule as well so that she knows what days that I'm going to be off. That takes away from me having to constantly keep on top of every single thing. Um, And delegating does not only have to happen at work. If you think about all of the stressors in your life, how can you delegate some of them to someone else? So for instance, for me, I have a house and I have a big backyard. I am probably not going to be the best person when it comes to yard work. So I have someone that I have delegated that task to. Would I love to be able to delegate everything under the sun to someone? Absolutely. But I do not have that kind of money. (laughs) And if you do, good for you. Definitely enjoy being able to use your resources in that way. But for me, I prioritize what can I do? And in doing so, if I am realistic about my capacity, how much is on my plate, then that helps to keep the stress down a bit. So for instance, at this point in time, I have several work and career things that are on my plate. Uh, And then of course, I have taking care of my kid and my social life and the podcast and all of those things are on my plate. And I check in with myself every few days, like, okay, how are you doing with all of these things that you're trying to manage? And I can be honest with myself. If I can't be honest with myself, I cannot be honest with anyone else. By being honest with myself, I can say, okay, I can see how I am beginning to be maxed out. I don't think that I can take on anything else. And having healthy boundaries is another way to manage stress because by doing so, I can draw the line that protects myself and that ultimately also protects my child. If I'm stressed out, then it's going to translate in how I parent him. So checking in with myself, realizing that I have enough on my plate, I do not need to add any more, allows me to then draw the line if there is something that pops up, an offer that I cannot take on because it will tip me over the edge. Um, And so that's another way to manage the stressors. The reason why I thought about doing this episode in the first place is because a couple weekends ago, I had a really stressful weekend with my son at home for the weekend. Um, I talk about the fact that he's a toddler, he's two years old, and he's very much uh, an opinionated two-year-old. And he's very vocal about what he wants and more so these days what he does not want. Um, And in that weekend, I yelled at him and I instantly felt awful about it, looking at his little face, looking up at me, like, why is she yelling at me? And... There are several things that happened in that experience. I recognize the fact that I am a human being 
and things are not going to always be perfect. Yes, I'm a psychologist. Yes, my specialty is kids and families, but I'm a person. Um, I also recognized in that experience that this is motherhood. This is the reality of motherhood. You will get frustrated, absolutely guaranteed. And the thing is, what do you do with that frustration? So after I yelled at him and we had a bit of a back and forth argument about what he did not and did want to do, I told him that I was sorry. And even though he's two years old, he understands the concept of saying I'm sorry. And when you're apologizing to anyone, you want to say that you're sorry for what you did. And you also want to say that you will try your best to not do that in the future. An apology does not include what made you fly off the handle. So my apology did not sound like I'm sorry that I yelled at you. It's because you did not listen to me. Like that's not helpful in a relationship, even if it's with a child. Um, the thing about an experience like that, it reminded me of the advice that I give to parents about managing tantrums, as well as helping kids with um, frustration tolerance tolerating being frustrated or becoming frustrated. One of the pieces of advice that I give to parents is that you want to catch it early. And I did not catch myself early enough. And so that's something that I am now working towards after I've had this experience with my son, because I recognize that it was a blind spot. Catching things early means looking at a situation and seeing where it could potentially go. And if it's going in a negative direction, stopping it before it gets there. So in the example where I'm at work and I'm giving this advice to parents about tantrums and frustration tolerance, I usually say to them, you know your child, and you know that if they're becoming frustrated, they may start to whine or they may have like nonverbal cues that show that they're becoming frustrated. And that's when you want to jump in and address the situation before it becomes a full blown thing. For me, what I am doing now is recognizing my own internal cues as well as the external cues. So if I want my child to do something and he does not want to do it, that's an external cue. My internal cue may be that I might start to feel my muscles tensing or I might start to um, have shallow breathing or whatever the case might be paying attention to the cues that things are escalating and then stepping in and doing things differently. The thing about young children, which is a blessing in disguise, is that they tend to be very easily distracted. <laughs> so if you change the situation, if you change the setting, that can usually um, 
stop a situation from going in a negative direction. So something like, okay, we're becoming frustrated. Let's go outside to play. Or we're becoming frustrated. Here, you're going to sit in your stroller and we're going to take a walk around the block. That's one way to switch things up. Um, Will you accomplish whatever you were setting out to do in the first place, whether it's getting them to take a bath or pick up their toys or whatever the case is? No, you're basically going to be delaying it. But think about the end result. And would you rather feel positive or have the stress of what happened because you were stressed? As single parents, it is very important for us to have breaks. We cannot and should not be constantly going. Um, I work full time and I say that I am a mom full time, even though my child is not in my care 24-7. And when you're carrying that kind of responsibility, you can get burned out. And it is possible for parents to be burned out and absolutely possible for single parents to be burned out. So building in breaks is essential, whether you get childcare or babysitter or daycare, My son has an aftercare program that gives me a couple extra hours in the evening, or you have family members or friends who can babysit. It is so key to have the space and the time to step away from that responsibility and to reconnect with yourself, to reconnect with your friends without the distractor of the responsibilities that you have. Another thing that's really helpful for me in managing stress, particularly on really difficult days, I turn to my coping skills, particularly after uh, bedtime, my son's bedtime, or even during his nap. And for me, that looks like taking a bath or watching comedies. Um, Laughter is an awesome medicine, and it is true. It definitely gives you gives your brain those feel good hormones so that's something that i rely on make sure to build that into your routine because self care is so essential particularly when you are responsible for carrying on the show um and another thing that is really helpful for me is venting to other parents. So I have a few friends who also have young children and I can go to them and say, oh my gosh, listen to what happened. And it's not necessarily about seeking advice because you just want to be able to have someone hear you out and to relate to what you're going through. And it, you f- end up feeling better after the fact because you've gotten it off of your chest. And particularly for single parents, we're doing this on our own and it can be very isolating. And so having a community or having at least a few people in your life who are going through it or going through something similar 
is so helpful as well. One of the things that was really helpful for me in managing the stress when my son was a baby, particularly in the early infancy stage, like the first six to nine months of his life, I broke my days up into halves. So on the weekends, I was focused on just making it through Saturday morning. And then we can get to nap time. And then I can focus on making it through Saturday afternoon. And then we'll get to bedtime. And the same thing with Sunday. And on the days that are really stressful, when he has um, tantrums or when he is just not feeling well or whatever the case might be, because he's a human being as well, I split the days up in my head. And I go back to what helped me when he was a baby and just remind myself, okay, we're going to get through this because we only have a few hours until he goes to sleep. And that is really helpful for me because it's a reminder that the stress is temporary. It's not going to last for forever. And the thing about our bodies as human beings, our bodies don't recognize the concept of temporary. Our bodies are freaking out. Oh my God, I'm stressed and it's going to be like this forever. And oh my God, I'm going to break down. And so in order to counter that, we can mentally just keep reminding ourselves that this is going to end in a couple hours. We'll be okay. Um, and the last thing that is helpful for me in this piece, yes, I do rely on my training and experience as a psychologist, I remind myself of his developmental stage. If you have a young child, particularly if you have a toddler, toddlers are going through all kinds of things developmentally. And some of the things that can contribute to creating a stressful environment is they are growing into their independence they are learning that they have agency, that they can say yes and say no to things. They can request things and have those things given to them or taken away from them. Um, they are becoming assertive. And while that is great developmentally, and those are key skills to have as a human being, it can make things really difficult when you are a parent dealing with that. And so what I try to do, and in the moment it is very difficult to do this, so I usually am doing it after the fact. What I try to do is remind myself that he is going through his developmental stuff. This is all part of his development. This is ultimately going to make him a better human being. And I try to appreciate the progress that he is making developmentally. If he is saying to me, no, mama, I don't want it, which right now is his favorite sentence in the whole wide world, and it grinds my gears every single time, I can at the same time appreciate, oh my goodness, my child can make a full sentence. So that also helps me as well. If you are a single parent, I 
commend you for the things that you do. I think that we get commended on things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, but most people don't really give us any kind of gratitude or express to us on a regular basis how incredibly difficult what we do is. And so I just want to wrap up by saying that I see you. I am you. Um, Hang in there. I hear that it gets better. We'll see. (laughs) But these are the things that are helpful for me. Thank you for joining me today. You can check out the website at healthywealthyroots.org. Most of the episodes have additional resources on their very own page on the website. You can also follow me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots as well as on Clubhouse at HWR. Remember, our future grows from Healthy Wealthy Roots. Picture this, your boss sends you an email that you're getting a 5% or a 10% raise. What do you do with that money? The thing about financial health is we have to constantly be making decisions that are in the best interest of our present self as well as our future self. Sure, you could take that 5% raise and go travel the world or however far 5% would take you but is that really in your best interest? I think that life is all about striking a balance. And so on the next episode, I'll talk about what to do when you get a raise. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.